Ben, it's been a hot minute, but in reality, we're recording this on Sunday the 8th of May. Probably going to go out on the 10th, but I feel like, forget all your, like, you know, your week and a half's worth of content that we've missed. In all honesty, we could do the podcast based on the last eight hours of news. Yeah, there's been a lot of news, a lot of trailers, and not a massive amount of films and TV shows released in the hot minute we've been off. I mean, I just rewatched Heartstopper about four times because there was nothing else coming at me. Um, yeah, but we've got some big news. Big. Yes, we do. We're going to be talking about the BAFTAs as well. The big news we're talking about. We're not going to say it now. We're going to hype it up a bit. They also um, dropped the big news over Twitter just randomly without saying they were going to drop it. But, yeah, in the past there's been TV shows dedicated yeah. to this news. So, bit of an odd way for them to do it. I hope this is how they announce the new James Bond, though. Just subtle tweet. Yeah, I mean, it's so much easier. I kind of liked everyone finding out at once as well. Like, oh, oh, well, oh, there we go. It's like a surprise. It's like a nice thing. Um... Well, if you've been living under a rock and don't know, the new Doctor has been announced and we're going to tell you who it is and exactly what we think of this amazing casting. I'm so, I'm so excited. Mm. I think I think he, it's a he, um, I think he's going to bloody smash it. Uh, also on the podcast today, we're going to be talking, well, I say we, Ben is going to be talking about Doctor Strange 2, which is in cinemas right now. Uh, also going to be talking uh, some exciting trailers. Avatar 2, the trailer is out for that. And also, Ben, the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. Obi-Wan's quite close now, isn't it? Oh, mate. Yeah, so close. I reckon, well, this time in, like, it must be, like, just, uh, like, two weeks, I'd say. I don't know the exact age. Mm. But I, all I know is that I'm very, very excited. I, I really can't wait. Have you watched the trailer for that? I watched the first one. I didn't watch the second trailer. Don't shoot me. I've seen enough. You've seen enough. Okay. Um, we're also going to be talking about something quite big called the BAFTAs. Yeah, yeah, meant to be big. It's bloody huge and it is happening right now. We're going to be talking to you a little bit about that and taking you through some of our thoughts from the BAFTAs. Fuming. Ben, Fuming. I haven't even welcomed the listeners yet. Oh, Ben's fuming. Great. Here we go. Great. Great stuff. Ben and happy. We haven't even welcomed the listeners. This is the RTE from podcast. I'm Jacob Dyer. He's Ben Heath. Like, comment, subscribe. You know Stephen Bartlett, right? He's got the biggest, like, podcast right now. He tells people to like, subscribe, comment, whatever, at the start of the podcast. So I reckon that's what we need to do. I don't even know on a serious note how you can like a podcast. Like, it's not like... It's there on the YouTube video. But when I'm listening to my podcasts on Spotify, other... Podcast servers are there, but we are on Spotify, so we're also on Amazon Music, and we are also on Apple Podcasts. Not Amazon Music, we're on Amazon Podcasts. Yeah, Audible, we're on Audible. <laughs> if you if you have that, um, we're also on a weird amount of just small indie providers who uploaded them it for me. Um, so yeah, and uh, um, do you think most people listen from the website? I have no clue where people listen from. I don't check. Well, let us know in the uh, in the comments. Tell us where you're listening from. Um, ben, what have you been watching over the last week or so? So, I have... That was an awkwardly time sip of water. It well, I feel like sips of water were getting really good, and we were doing it when, you know, each other was talking, but that was just diabolical, Ben. Mm. In my defence, I started sipping and you asked me a question. What well, was I, I, think, I thought you were going to take a sip, not a gulp. I always take a gulp. I'm quite a big gulper. So, uh, earlier today, um, before we got this, I went and saw Heming Vane at the stand-up comic. Um, wasn't great, um, but I got through three Double JD and Cokes because they all kept on going down too quickly. I don't like JD and Coke. What? It's the best drink. Just slips down. I love a beer. I like a beer as well. But if I'm like, if I'm going out somewhere special. Right. No, if I'm in a club, I'll go vodka kite. Uh, if, if I'm going somewhere special, somewhere I feel like I need to be a bit posher and upmarket, I'll go for a JD and Coke. Okay. 
Um, uh, anyway. Why are posh people obsessed with whiskey? Anyway, <laughs> back, back to what you've been watching. Yep, I watched Hemming Vane. He, he's got a new show that's on tour. Um, Wasn't a massive fan of it tonight, I have to admit. I've seen a lot better stand-up recently. I saw Lou Sanders the other week. She was phenomenal. I saw Stuart Lee the other week. He was phenomenal. Hemming Vane just kind of felt like he was doing an anti-vax rant, not gonna lie. So, maybe avoid his new show. Um, what have you been watching, Jacob? I've been watching Famous and Fighting. At the minute, Ben, I feel like everything I talk about is just some uh, some Channel 4 or like E4 series that was out a couple of years ago. But I just think, I'm going to say it, right? Channel 4 has the best content. I agree. I think it is great. I love so much on there. There's so many hitting jokes. Are you Googling what Famous and Fighting is? Is this Famous and Fighting Crime? Yeah. Yeah, I'm... Where famous celebrities swap their day jobs with emergency service professionals. Yeah. It's really good. Is it? I completely missed it. I love my, like, celebrity little things, like Hunted. I love I'm a Celeb. And you know, I actually love like your your police stuff as well. So this combines two of my loves, and is great. I love it. Mm. I Jamie on it. You like him? I like Jamie. He's charming. Um, no, I completely missed that when it came out. Uh, it's on all four. Yeah, it's on all four. Mm. You know what else is on all four at the moment? New it season is. of Derry Girls. That's banging different. Is it good? So good. You've. You've watched Dairy Girls, right? No, I haven't. And I... face like this is why we need to visualise the podcast. I feel like we're going to get more people can actually like and subscribe as well. But we would get so many more viewers just because I think your your face your facial expressions are hilarious. Mm, but no, I I actually I do envy you a little bit though because. Um, my laptop just did something funny, but because you haven't watched it, so you've still got to experience it all for the first time. I'm watching these new episodes, and it's the first time we've had new episodes in years, and it's great. But you've still got all the excitement. Watch it. Do it. What are you doing to yourself having not watched it? It's like the greatest comedy show that's came out in years. In between is it's always going to be the greatest. Dairy Girls is way better, honestly. Trust and you can't like that. I also like friends, and you hate that. Yeah, but. But Derry Girls is also universally liked by almost anyone who's watched it. Fair enough. Um, you told me the other day as well that you were watching Moon Knight. Yeah, that I kind of watched the Oscar Isaac Moon Knight show. I kind of have finally caught up with that and finished it. Good? It's good. That, uh, that I work with him every time I'm on shift with him he goes have you watched Moon Knight yet because apparently it's amazing it's it's alright um you know I thought bits were good I thought other bits weren't good like it's a Marvel TV show you know what you're expecting at this point um but you know it's Marvel stuff Marvel stuff happens I feel like that's my review every time Marvel things we talk about now, Ben, I know you are so excited to talk about the Doctor Who announcement. Mm. And I know that's very positive. And I'm looking forward to that. However, the BAFTAs. <sighs> Fuck me. Talk to me, dude. So, you're not- firstly, firstly, I do think you look at the BAFTA nominations. And I think I said them when I came out. Strong. British TV is so strong, particularly at the moment. Same with the Emmys. And you honestly look through multiple categories and go, lots of this stuff deserves to win. And there are lots of nominations that I think and wins that I think are really, really good. There are a couple that have annoyed me and I'll get to them, but I will start with the positives. Firstly, um, Barry Jenkins, The Underground Railroad, won Best International Programming. He's my favourite director of all time and I genuinely thought watching that show on Amazon was like you could frame each and every shot. It's beautiful. Um, other things, the mu- the musty moment, the one that's voted on by the um, public, 
That went to the Rose and Giovanni silent dance in Strictly that was beautiful. You've seen that clip, right, Jacob? I've seen the clip, yeah. Yeah, you can you can see why it won. I saw it on TikTok. Um, yeah, no, it's very, very good clip. Mm. Gogglebox and the Chase one, which are like... Balls! Boom. Uh, Anton Deck beat Graham Norton again. Oh, they didn't beat Graham Norton, actually, technically, this year. They're in different categories at the BAFTAs, but they won. Graham Norton lost again. He needs to win shows. I don't get why Graham Norton doesn't win BAFTAs more. He's so talented, and he always seems to lose the awards. He's my favourite. I like the radio show. What? Yeah. I, Virgin, huh? I don't get why he always loses them. Like, he always loses awards. Otherwise, Jamie Dimitri won Best Comedy Performance for Staff Let's Flat. Um, I honestly thought it would go to Shooty Gatwa because it's his third nomination for Sex Ed and other news that's been happening. I thought that was a lock. Um, Sophie Willen winning f- Female Comedy Performance for Alma's Not Normal is all right. The comedy shows, I actually agree with where the wins went. I thought Motherland was a spectacular win for Best Cryptid TV Show. Um... Otherwise, Matthew McFadden winning draft supporting actor for Succession. He's so good in that show. I'm writing an essay on Pride and Prejudice at the moment, and I'm watching a lot of Matthew McFadden, and he's phenomenal in Succession as Tom Wamsgan, which Jacob Tom Wamsgan sounds an awful lot like our old drama teacher's name. Oh yeah, it does. But I was also just thinking it's kind of a stupid name, like Wamsgan. Whoever wrote this name Wamsgan deserves. Um, Deserves a pay rise. But we get to what I am fuming about. It's a Sin, which led the nominations on 12, managed to walk away with not a single win. Like, I. So, stuff like Time beat it in best miniseries. Time was a great miniseries, but It's a Sin was the most acclaimed TV show of last year. I think it was the most talked about one of last year. Doesn't surprise me. But I... Oh, phenomenal. It, it was in one... Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, Sean Bean beat Ollie Alexander. He was also in time. Sean Bean was good in time. But he was not as good as Ollie Alexander. And it's a sin. Um, it had three supporting actors who lost to Matthew McFadden. It did win directing and editing in the craft awards. But I just don't understand how... I don't understand how anyone voting could watch it to sin and not vote for it in every category. <laughs> like that does seem strange. I thought, especially on the you know, the fan voted ones, I definitely thought it's a sin would be coming out top. I just don't I honestly it it's mind boggling to me how you could watch it, nominate it and not vote for it, considering it was the most talked about, most acclaimed, most adored show last year. It genuinely cut through. The fact it's got nominated and won at barely any award shows. The fact that the only award shows it's won at is the NTAs, the award show that normally has famously terrible taste. Um, and that's the only one that's and champion. famously sucks ITV's cock. Yeah, and that's the only one that properly went for It's a Sin. Shocking. Shocking. The BAFTAs occasionally... And there are some really good wins here. But it's just when you have a show like that being snubbed across the board, it makes every other win look bad. It's frustrating. Mm. I don't Oh get... my god, Ben, I did it. What? Oh no! Yes, I did it. Have you noticed I've been looking down this whole podcast? You're playing with your nails, aren't you? No, I'm getting a splinter up my finger and I just got it out. Wow. I was I was noticing while I was basically monologuing about the BAFTAs. Oh, mate, I haven't had a splinter in bloody years. <laughs> I know, I hate splinters. And, okay, this is a little insight into my life right now. I have a hole on the bottom of my shoe, and I managed to get, like, a whole, like, shard of glass in my foot the other day, and it took hours to get off. Splinters, do they naturally come out? They do, don't they? They do. Just wash your hands. They're bloody irritating, though. So annoying. Um. Okay, then. Should we talk about it? Might as well. The new Doctor is Shuti Gatwa. The star of sex education. He is just phenomenal. Phenomenal actor. 
And today, without, you know, like in the past, when I've mentioned it at the top of the podcast, they've done TV shows. They've been like, they did a Wimbledon once, didn't they? You know, yeah. announcing who the new doctor is. And it just happened on Twitter. No one was expecting it. I didn't even know Shuchi was in the bloody running. Like, that's the thing. That's what surprised me. He was on like, if you went on Paddy Power, he was like ninth or 10th. Like everyone was expecting it to be someone Ross T. Davis had worked with. Um, I had money on Lydia West. I was like convinced. Um, it's uh, it's great casting. Like when my mate messaged me and was like, is this a hoax? Because they did just literally announce it on Twitter out of the blue. It didn't seem right, did it? I was like, if it is, it's who they should cast anyway. He's just so talented. And then he went on the red carpet for the BAFTAs. And my God, that outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like it? It's such a cool outfit. He's cool. He's cool. And he can pull off colours and... Which, let's be honest, is an important thing about being the Doctor, because that that's a character that needs an iconic look. Yeah, I don't think they've had one who's had an iconic look in a couple of years. So, I want to see what his screwdriver's like. Yeah, and his TARDIS, and his companions, and with Russell T Davis writing, because he's funny. He is funny, but he can do like I feel like he'll be more tenanty than what we've had recently. And I love, Tenen's my favourite Doctor, so... Yeah, yeah. I can't, or it's just casting that's great. And also, on a serious note, I'm really glad, because he's great in sex education, which is a global show. I personally think getting... If you just got joined Doctor as a companion, I would have been like, is that a step down? I think joining as the Doctor is a step up. I, I saw some terrible takes that were like... Oh, it's a stop da- step down from he's a rising star. Like, in what world is this job a step down? Like, It's one of the biggest jobs in TV. Yeah, if you get this job, all of the recent ones have kept acting. Um, Like, they've all had... It, they've all been very acclaimed afterwards. Um, the calibre who signs up for the show is insane. And also, I think it's one of those where... Sh- the cast of Sex Ed are all blowing up at the moment. They're all getting cast in lots of things. I do not know if they will ever shoot season four because they're all so busy. Um, this is another thing. Do we think this is the end of Sex Ed? I think it should have ended at season three anyway. But I just can't see when they're ever going to be able to film it. The They're all so busy now. They've all moved on. You know, they all got... Because Netflix... Side little rant thing that Netflix does that's stupid. They don't tie their cast down for long contracts. Which is why their shows get cancelled, because... Which we spoke about on the podcast before. Yeah, but, like, if they'd tied their cast down to two-season contracts, they would have got them cheaper. And it would have meant... Netflix shows have been cancelled before because they can't get the cast to film. You know? Or their cast they're cancelled because they go into renegotiations and the cast are too expensive because the show blown up. Like, they should have locked down the sex ed cast. But the fact that it felt like everyone else was moving on to big gigs, Emma McKay's in the new Barbie film, Connor Swindles is leading the new drama from the sex ed guys, um, Simone Ashley's the lead in Bridgerton. It's nice to see Shuti Gatwa, who got so many Emmy uh, BAFTA nominations for this role, it's nice to see him get a big gig afterwards because, you know, he could have quite easily been the one who was sidelined because he was, he the, was the one I was worried about because, unfortunately, he is, unfortunately, the way the world is, I worry for people of colour in the industry. Mm. And yeah. I shouldn't have to worry about that. And also... He plays a gay character. I don't know if he's gay in real life. None of my business. However, I'm worried that people are going to see it's a gay man of colour. And I'm worried about... I was initially worried, is he going to potentially not get any jobs, any more jobs because of that? Um, And I was also 
and this is very delicate. I know I'm not wording this correctly, but Ben and I, we also spoke, we were worried he was going to get typecast as well. And this shouldn't be the way society is. But it's not even worrying that they'll be typecast. It's, um, it's worrying that, like, you know, that's the typical type of role that breaks out. Um, and, like, you know, it's the type of role that's interesting in the show and breaks yeah. out um, and, like, doesn't work. Um, but that, like, and they don't get roles after because everyone recognises them from the show. But I'm glad he's got the gig. And Rusty Davis is a great writer. Um, yeah. Still to come on the I'll Take Your Film podcast today. We're going to be talking about Doctor Strange 2, Avatar 2, the trailer, and the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. If you are enjoying the podcast, leave us a like, comment, and subscribe. Yep. So, next up is Avatar 2. Um, this trailer is showing only in front of cinema, so I don't think Jacob has seen it yet. Um, however, I have. I saw it in front of Doctor Strange 2 in the madness of multiverse. Um, and I have to admit, I'm a little bit excited. It's really nice when you have a multi-billion dollar film that looks like it cost billions of dollars. Like, I think lots of them are weirdly looking slightly cheap now. Um, but Avatar 2 doesn't. They are showing the water scenes that look phenomenal. They've sh they've released stills of it. Um, and if you don't want to go and watch Doctor Strange 2, which, you know, maybe is a sensible move. It's not a film that's setting the world on fire, in my opinion. Look at the stills, and you will see that um, it looks gorgeous. I don't know whether there's an appetite for Avatar 2, though. I think it looks stunning. I will be there to watch it. But I'm not sure if p other people will. Um, like, Jacob... Do you remember anything about the plot of Avatar? Blue people? Yeah, I don't either. Like, and when and the trailer for Avatar 2 was deliberately plot light. Like, because I think they've realised no one remembers what happened in the first film. It's so long ago as well. But you sit in the cinema and you watch the trailer for the second film and you just remember why the first film was such a moment. Because it looks Gorgeous. Why do you think it's taken them so long to release a sequel? Because the technology. It's a film that took years to make. And, I, and James Cameron doesn't half-ass films. I for one am excited because the first Avatar was huge. Mm. Absolutely huge. And like, even um, if you're... Oh, sorry. I'm just excited to go watch this trailer, actually, but I also kind of want to rewatch Avatar as well. Yeah, and it's coming in December. It could. This could film could make a lot of money. People forget the original Avatar is the highest grossing film of all time. Um, is it? Yeah. Like. Wow. <laughs> it was such a big cultural moment that everyone forgot about. Um, but it looks. Has it got the same past, has it? It does have the same cast. Um, um, I honestly don't know anything about the plot of this film. And quite frankly, I don't remember anything about the plot of the original. But it looks gorgeous. It looks like Van Gogh painted every single brush stroke of it. It oh. When's out? December, I think. A while yeah. away, a while away. What isn't a while away is Kenobi. I am so bloody excited. Are you? Yes. I I honestly, I, I cannot wait. It's got to be better than the Book of Boba Fett. The only way is up. Please and this don't jinx it. This, pardon? Don't say that and jinx it. Oh, it's true then. The thing is, there is so much pressure on Disney right now. Well, there's so much pressure on Star Wars right now. The thing is, out of all your Star Wars shows they've done, this is the one that they cannot afford to fuck up. Yeah, my God, it's not even like they don't make good. 
they're coming off the back of a massive flop. Was Booker Bobber a massive flop? Yeah, I don't think many people liked it. I don't think it got as high viewing as they expected. I prefer Bad Batch. Mm. But Which is interesting. Yeah, I don't... I was never going to watch Bad Batch, was I? Let's, let's be honest. No, that one. Let's be fair. Anyway, I'm going to be reviewing the Kenobi trailer on the RTT Film Podcast. Uh, no, the actual series when it drops here on the RTT Film Podcast. As a massive Star Wars fan, I'm very, very, very excited. One thing I do want to talk about, Ben, before we get into Doctor Strange 2, just quickly. Yeah? I'm going to say one word. What? Uncensored. You're not with me, are you? No. The massive show that has recently launched on a brand new channel. Oh, Piers Morgan, God. uncensored. Oh, God. I was in Waterloo two weeks ago because I had to get a US work visa. And Did you see his face? I was hungover as fuck because I'd got in. It was like eight in the morning and I'd been at Jester's all night. <laughs> yeah. And I was in Waterloo, and I saw his did. face, and I've never wanted to whack anyone more. <laughs> Thing is, right, I don't agree with him on a lot of things. And I do agree with him on a lot of things as well. Um, but what I agree with is that he makes good telly. I like watching him for his controversial uh, element. I like thinking, yes, Piers, you go. And I like also screaming at the TV, you fucking bellend. And that is what I like about him. Ben is really wanting to bite back at me right now. He's holding it in. No, I'm not judging you for liking Piers Morgan. Um, I'm not saying he's necessarily a good person. Not saying that either, by the way. Firstly, let's talk facts. Talk TV, apparently that's the channel it's on. I do not give a flying... It's also a radio station. It's also a radio station, apparently. Trust me, there's absolutely 0% chance I will end up watching this show. Um, What about the Sharon Osbourne one that's on afterwards? There's absolutely 0 chance I will end up (laughs) turning this TV channel on. Um, Let's make that perfectly clear. Just like how I will never... No. Just like how I will never read The Sun, The Mail, or The Telegraph, or any Rupert Murdoch-owned paper, I will never watch a Rupert Murdoch-owned TV channel. Um, because it's not news. It's what it's the richest... It's one white, white old billionaire spewing his toxic views that have ruined our decade through his puppets, who know that as long as they're still on his good side, they will forever get work. Rupert Murdoch... Has as in his. Yep. As in Piers Morgan managed to gaslight someone live on national TV, walk out of a studio, he still gets hired. He manages to make up lies about war veterans, he still gets hired. He has been sacked from every single job he's ever had. He stalked people. He didn't How get does... sacked from ITV, actually. Look, he may walk he may have walked, but fundamentally, he was not gonna last long in a job if you do not last long in a job if you bully people. And if you walk he off... Did, he did bully Alex, yeah. Yep, yeah, he's... You're not... Okay, he he may say he resigned, but fundamentally he would have been sacked in a week if he continued his behaviour of bullying behind the scenes. If you walk off TV show... If I was to walk out of my workplace after bullying a member of staff, they would turn around and sack me. Like, how but is ben, his behaviour... Right, you've got to think. I know, I know, and I, I hear what you're saying, and it's valid. But from a business perspective, people don't go to your theatre to have you pour them a pint. No, I'm not. I'm not. They don't. They don't. But you watch Good Morning Britain for Piers Morgan, right? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that's the thing. No, I'm not saying that's the thing. But I'm saying they would have sacked him because uh, they couldn't work with mental health charities if he's actively bullying someone, which he was actively bullying Meghan Markle by saying, I don't believe you're mental health problems. I don't believe it, by the way. That's fine, but you... The way he did it... He has a he has a freedom of speech. Okay. This is really going off topic now, but I think it's worth saying. Humans have rights and responsibilities. Yeah? I agree. 
Now, I think it shows a lot about a person which one they think is more important. I think your responsibility is more important than your rights. Personally, which means, yes, I, I hear have, what you're saying. You have the right to free speech and to say whatever you want, but you also have the well, responsibility not to hurt someone or belittle someone or make them feel alone or scared, not to discriminate against people. That is your basic responsibility I, as a human being. What? Do you believe he was discriminating? I believe he was telling a woman who was being hounded by the press that he didn't believe her mental health struggles. I think that's bullying. I think that's... By the way, by the way I just want to say, when I said I don't believe it, the Meghan Markle stuff, oh, mental health stuff, I don't know. I don't know. Don't have an opinion. Don't see why she would lie about it. My point was when she was like, we secretly got married and all that shit. I think, didn't. okay. When she, about the prince, she, um, Archie's not a prince. Is his name Archie? Whatever, not because of his colour. That's the stuff I didn't believe. But that's irrelevant in this situation. But, no, but fundamentally, it's my same problem with Ricky Gervais. It's my same problem with Piers Morgan. It's all of these You people... like Ricky Gervais, don't you? I cannot stand the fucker. Um, okay, wow, it's, it's, okay. It's my same problem with Dave Chappelle. They all say, they all have the view that, you know... Jimmy Carr as well. I don't like this about Jimmy Carr. They're all like, I should be able to say the unsayable. People shouldn't get offended. No, it shows a very selfish, entitled opinion to believe that you have the right to hurt other people. Fundamentally, you no one gave you that right to hurt other people. And your responsibilities to others, to communities, to people as a whole, are more responsible than your rights. And Piers Morgan does not care about anyone else. He does not care about his responsibilities. And because of the fact he's probably sucked Rupert Murdoch's dick for his whole career, he will continue to get work. And Rupert Murdoch is ruining our country and he's ruined our country since the 80s. And I'm glad that talk TV has flopped and bombed and no one watches it. Because that's a good thing. <laughs> oh my god, I feel scared! <laughs> <laughs> you just gave the most serious speech, grand <laughs> protest we've ever had in this podcast. I just laugh because this thing, this is why we should visualize it. You're fully getting close to the camera where you don't need to be that bloody close, gritting your teeth, looking like you're about to punch me basically through the screen. No, it just, I'm sorry, it really no, no, winds ben, me ben, up. Ben. No, and I fully understand that. Because I we teach understand. toddlers. We teach, like, seven-year-olds they have rights and responsibilities. And these powerful middle-aged men seem to forget that they have responsibilities. I mean, I think it's a really interesting topic. Um, I agree with I agree with what you're saying. Um, I don't agree with you saying talk TV is flopped. It, fun- fundamentally, one of it's... It has three TV shows. And the other night, one of them record- physically had so little viewership they didn't even record it. You know, Which show is that? Um, the one directly before Piers. Um, okay. Fundamentally, Sharon and um, Piers Morgan was also beat the other night by a repeat of Britain's most dangerous motorway on the Yesterday Channel. So, I don't on think the that's Yesterday Channel. Yes. <laughs> oh God! Like, <laughs> I sent you that. <laughs> And it's quite funny. Like when putting on his Instagram higher than the BBC, higher than Channel Four. Yeah, it was. It was for one night. Also, who watches the news at eight o'clock at night? It people, is on at a weird time. But people it is, in the UK incredible. watch the news early evening. Like who watches BBC news at eight o'clock at night? Like you watch it at six, or you watch it at ten, <laughs> or like you don't. If you're sitting down, but Ben, you've got to remember. He's on because you know this, you, you. I don't know if you know this. The channels also broadcast in America and Australia. Yeah, I was aware this show's broadcasting. But look, three, this three different also it's like I didn't realize how big Piers was abroad though as well. Well, he's not that big in America. They all think he's a colossal joke. His show didn't he get canned? He's viewed as too liberal in. He's viewed as too liberal in the US. Too right wing over here. And probably centre ground Australia because they're more right than we are. So, well, thing is with Australia, he's good mates with their Good Morning Australia. Well, host. and you know, you know what the thing is, 
Rupert Murdoch owns all the newspapers that owns, has a media monopoly in all three of these countries, and all three of these countries are politically fucked. Should we talk about Doctor Strange 2? Oh, God. Maybe now time's for a gulp of water. I, I think we should have done this the other way. We should have put the Doctor News after, so I would have had something to cheer me up. <laughs> Did you like Doctor Strange? No. I thought it was a steaming hot tad of a film. So I let's have... just pick up Shooty one more time before we get into let's it. Yeah, Shooty! <laughs> excited for Doctor Who for, for 14th Doctor. <laughs> Not excited for the second Doctor Strange film. Um, Which ben... you've seen and hated. Yep. So, let's try and get We've left this till last, mainly for spoiler reasons, because I'm not going to be spoiling it, but if you're a Marvel fan, you should go in knowing as little as possible. That's why. And See, you would say this about films, but I actually prefer to know the plot before I watch a film. I do as you well. Know, if I go see Star Wars on the second day, on the first day of it being released, I am looking online, I'm looking for your... Spoiler reviews. I'm looking for the plot. I want to know what the fuck happens. So I do. I, as, uh, it's weird. I like going into a film knowing what's going to happen because I enjoy it more because my brain doesn't have to think, oh, what the fuck just happened? And add it all up. No, I know and I can just enjoy it. I do as well. That's the I, biggest unpopular opinion ever. No, it's a weird one because I completely agree with you on it. But um, I do the same. But I put this last genuinely to give myself a bit more freedom because if you really don't want to know anything turn the podcast off now come back listen next week you've heard me rant about Piers Morgan um like what else fully monologuing ran Barrett like I thought you know you were doing some massive like speech yeah this could have a similar rant coming up so calm me down Jacob um this, at this point in the MCU, Doctor Strange has just unlocked the multiverse in Spider-Man No Way Home, um, which they didn't really talk about, which is mental, considering he nearly destroyed the world. Um, he has to journey into some old other multiverses to try and find a book or multiple books to stop Scar Wanda, Wanda, who's now Scarlet Rich, and they're jumping between multiverses, and quite frankly, this film doesn't have a plot. Um... It's Doctor Strange looking for a book that the books... He's looking for a MacGuffin, Wanda's bad, this, that, and the other. Um, now, the people who... Oh, God, I'm going This film's going to be so... Co this review's so combative, I'm so sorry. Um, people are claiming this film has blended horror and humour, like how Sam Raimi has managed to do for a large chunk of his career, or how he did in the 80s and 90s, and a little bit in his Spider-Man trilogy. No, it didn't. It really didn't. This film is not scary and it's not funny. And Sam Raimi's heart-on-his-sleeve style of filmmaking does not fit with modern-day blockbusters. It's too hokey. It's too cokey. There are some scenes that too are... Too cokey? Yeah, too cokey. <laughs> I, I couldn't work out whether you said too cokey or too, like, hokey-cokey. Meant like hokey-cokey. <laughs> You know that. Yeah, I meant oh, like cokey cokey. Yeah, really? I would I would never criticize a film for being too cokey. Um the other what way. Okey pokey. Like from that song. Yeah. There are some multiverse filmmaking, I do know the hokey cokey Jakey. Multiverse filmmaking should be fun, it should be exciting. Um and they don't delve into it. If your film is called Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. I'm expecting yeah, madness. What? Like you can't put You're madness. You expect it to be quite mental, don't you? Yeah, you can't put madness in the title and give us the blandest fare ever. There's like one sequence where the Doctor Strange is falling through a through multiple universes, and you have some fun little visual effects there. But that's like thirty seconds of the movie, and then it returns to a multiverse that's basically the same as the one every other MCU film set in. Um, and the reason why multiverse filmmaking is interesting, and the only reason it's useful, yeah. I like it, by the way. Have you seen the film? No, I like multiverse films. Yeah, but the only reason they're good is when you can explore how the characters are different, why the characters in each universe are different. 
you know, what decisions changed their mind and Which how it Which I, to be it. honest, think they did a good job of, of in the most recent Spider-Man. Yeah, and they do, and there's everything everywhere all at once that's out at the moment that I'm desperate to see, and I've heard they do a great job in that. This film doesn't really do that. We don't explore the motives or the characterization or the backstory of the other Doctor Strangers or the other Wonders. They just feel like stock characters to be useful. It's like in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated one, whenever they introduce a different Spider-Man, they do a joke. They make a joke. They do the origin story quite quickly off the bat, show why they're different, why it affects the characters. That worked because you suddenly quickly got each of the different Spider-Men in that film that were widely different had and looked different and allowed visual intensity and curiosity, which this film has. It's visually nice, which is its only positive. Um, but you also had the characters who were different and how they interacted was different, which made it interesting. Here you've got none of that. Actually, the film has no character work in whatsoever. None of the characters of arcs, None of the characters develop. I will go on at the end. I'm going to go on a full spoiler-filled rant about my problem, particularly with how they treat the female characters in this film that's directed by Sam Raimi. It's written by Mike... Um, just go get his name right, because I'm blanking. We don't want to get names wrong on this podcast. It's written... We took a- we do, we got Shinchi right though, which yeah. was quite, I'm quite confused. Yeah, it's written by it's written by Michael Wardron. It's produced by Kevin Feige, and it stars Benedict Cumberbatch as the lead, all white men. And when I, I say, you had to bring up Benedict. Yeah, he doesn't get his nick out in this film. Um, <laughs> but but like nearly did it. The film is, and the film feels sexist. And I will explain how, why I felt it was sexist and spool, spool, full spoilers in about two minutes. But I will say, there are no emotional connections in this film. It's an hour and twenty of loud nonsense. It doesn't really do, delve into the multiverse visually as interesting as it could have, or the characters as interesting as it could have. really not telling this. And the people who think... And the people who adore every MCU film, they think Kevin Feige can do no wrong. They're claiming that this film mixes the horror movie elements and the comedy elements, and it's some genius work of art. That's bullshit. This is the most standard Marvel film I think I've ever seen. Not one sequence in it scary. Not one sequence does anything visually different. There's nothing... It reminded me of the Underworld films, or the Van Helsing films, or the Hellboy films in the noughties, which weren't that good. But it feels firmly rooted in like a subpar noughties superhero film. Um, and now I'm going to get into a little bit of spoiler territory here. Michael okay. Wardroom and Sam Raimi both admitted to having not watched WandaVision. Scarlet Witch, Wanda, who was the lead in that show, is the main antagonist in this film. So they're already admitting to have not watched her development. Um, and I think it's exceptionally poor. Whereas in one division, she's kind of nuanced and she turns dark at the end and she does horrible things. She's nuanced. Here, her main characterization is being a hysterical woman. They, they introduce her as pure bad and they say that she was in the dark hold magic in the time we see her off screen. But you can't tell us she's been in the dark hold magic. You've got to show us. You can't introduce That sounds a char- quite interesting as well. Yeah, but you can't introduce a character who we last met as on bad and doing awful things, but on an upward trajectory and had nuance, and then in the next time you see her, she's suddenly a full blown megalomaniac who's hunting down and trying to kill a fourteen year old girl. And um they seem to have the motivation she's trying to bring her kids back. But just saying that over and over again doesn't... Elizabeth Olsen's great. She's been great as Wanda. It's just really bad writing and directing from men who fundamentally thought having a female character who's a shrieking woman would work. Um, And this is why I have real problems. Hysterical women, making strong emotional women hysterical and degrading them for that, is sexist and it's a thing that's been done as old as time itself. Um... And particularly 
when they're trying to and badly mirroring Wanda's actions, Doctor Strange's actions, you know, if you're having the main difference between them when they're both doing equally awful things that could destroy the universe, as she's a hysterical woman, he's a calm and censored man, that's a weird, it's weird, it feels overly sexist and overly 90s post-feminism, which, even that, it feels like it should be gone, that view, and if your main character's a sorcerer or a wizard, you know, you're a wizard, Harry, you know, and your bad, your male protagonist is a wizard, and your female antagonist is a witch, you know, and that, that difference, which you don't go into, is the only negative thing. I think you've got a problem. Because in the third act, there's the line where Bendit Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange goes, and this is, let's kill this witch. Now, if you know anything about history, you know that during the Salem Witch Trials, and also in, like, England, for hundreds of years, all over the world, strong, emotional women, if you wanted them killed, you would call them a witch. And they would burn them, or drown them, and if somehow, and if they burned or drowned, it proved they weren't a witch, but they were dead, and if they somehow survived, they were killed for being a witch. You know, it was a lose-lose situation made to degrade strong women. So if you're having a female character who you had as strong in the last project, and you're saying, let's kill this witch, that, in my view, is inherently sexist and problematic. You know, if you're using witch as a, let's kill this witch, as a negative term, when it is a term that has been used to degrade and kill, actually, I'm not going to use the word kill, I'm going to use the word murder, hundreds, actually thousands, if not millions of women for centuries, all over the world, Marvel That's should have known better than that. And I mean... I would if not have problems. Twenty-year-olds can pick up on this. Yeah, and I. How the fuck has? How did it? I, and I would not have had problems if it was just Elizabeth Olsen's one. The character is badly written. None of the characters come off particularly well, but the female characters seem to always get the short end of the stick. You have America Chavez, who literally is in this film as pure plot. Um, she can jump universes. She's a fan favorite from the comics. Um, she's a strong Latinx she's character. She's a plot device, right? What? She's a plot she's device. A plot yeah, she's a plot device. Her bandit come back as Doctor Strange can jump between universes. Now, in the comics, from what I understand, and I'm not a massive comic reader, she's a fan favourite because she's cool. She represents modern contemporary Latinx, Latinx culture. She's a feisty young girl who knows her way. She's headstrong. She feels... Apparently, she feels like she would fit in the film in the height. She's one of those. It's that strong representation. Here, she feels very Disney Channel-fied. She doesn't have control of her actions, and she's not headstrong, and she's not feisty, and she's not firing, and she's not representing the culture. Um, She wears a rainbow pin on, because in the comics she's a lesbian. That's all the thing it has to say about that. That's fine. Um, she has two mums, which is why Disney haven't released the film Large Parts of Asia, because they wanted to cut the scene. That's fine, like, but doing a 10-second thing representation for the sake of representation, it felt tokenistic. Just leave it out and explore it in a separate project, instead of doing a tokenistic wink to it here, um, which I didn't think worked. Um... Also, Amicus Reyes has lost her mums, and Wanda's lost her kids. They could have done more with that partnership, but they didn't. They just pit the women against each other. Um, furthermore, you have Rachel McAdams is back as Doctor Strange's love interest, and we do see multiverse versions of this love interest, um, but fundamentally she's just a love interest. They do a bit of different things with her character, Christine, but it's the typical Marvel stock Love interest character. It's that every film's got to have a love interest typical by the time. Yeah, and it's, not, and it's not done well. It's not done interestingly. Then, this is really spoilers for some cameos. In the film, they introduce the Illuminati, um, which is a group of characters who control the world back seat. Um, they arrest Doctor Strange. 
Now, it involves some twists on Marvel characters, we know. We see Patrick Stewart return as Professor X, which was cool, but he was underutilised. John Krasinski comes in as Reed Richards. I'm sorry, I'm really into Toilet Spectre here, after all the fan casting. You also see um, two things that are important, because they completely waste these two char female characters who should have been awesome. Firstly, you see Louis... Louis... Larish... Guys... You see it's Captain Marvel thing. return as, I just want to get the name right, the Monica Rambo version of Captain Marvel, played by Luciana Lynch, um, I was blanking on her first name for a moment, who we've all seen in No Time to Die, she played Monica Lynch. Oh wow, yeah, she's great. Yeah, that. she's back playing Monica Rambo that she did in Captain Marvel, which she was great in. She's a real breakout star. She's awesome. She's playing an alternate universe character who was Captain Marvel instead. And you also, even more importantly, you have Hayley Atwell, who's in as Captain Carter, in a version where, what if instead of Captain America, who took the super serum, it was Peggy Carter, because she was a superhero and a strong woman. These two female characters should have been awesome to watch on screen. But they were both killed off within about two minutes, did not fulfil their potential, and felt more like, hey, look at that, that's cool, than anything meaningful. And that's the thing, there is fuck all that's meaningful in this film. And actually quite a lot, if you delve into it, is a little bit sexist. <laughs> I think this is also the most negative review I've ever done. I agree with that. This podcast has been all over the gas. Because we started really happy, and then I started... And you slowly got more pissed off as we went along. I've thoroughly enjoyed it though, it's been fun. It has been fun. Um... It's, I always enjoy recording with you, Jacob. Thank you, and you, Ben. You're great fun, and honestly, and nice to listen to. If you have accidentally booked a ticket for Doctor Strange 2, go watch the Avatar 2 trailer, and then walk out then. Okay. Uh, well, wow. That just sums it all up, really, uh, doesn't it? It's um, utter poo-poo. Ben, there's something next week that I want to talk about on the podcast. I'm going to talk about it next week. It's, oh my God, it's just escaped me, but it's coming out. It's coming out next week. Like, I was going to talk about it. Oh my God, I had it ready to tell you what it was. Completely mind-blanking what it was, but it's coming out next week. Um, Who's in um, it? What is it? What genre? Let's try and guess live. I fully have forgotten. Like, it's completely gone. Wow. Um, completely. Well... I wait and find shock. out next week on the podcast if you want to know what that the fuck I'm on about. Uh, as ever, it's been Jacob Dar and Ben Heath. Ben, absolute pleasure as always. Please like, comment, subscribe. Just, just give us some review. Yeah, all that. You know Share with do. your mates. Yes, please do. Uh, head to the website. I'll take your films. Read Ben's written reviews and more rants about Doctor Strange too. I'd imagine. Uh, also at Artic Your Film on Twitter. Thank you so much for checking us out. We'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Bye.